If you have your Bibles, we're going to get into the Word here. And I think, I'm sorry to the team back there. I used a different font, but don't be afraid to show it. Let's see what it looks like. Oh, that hurts me because it's my fault. It's supposed to say, follow the, follow the instructions. Once you know, that, that actually is kind of appropriate. Because the instructions on my computer are don't use fonts because I use a, a PC and that's a Mac. Sometimes they don't communicate real well, so that's my fault. But I got the bottom part right. There's our website. And I put that on there, www.harvestland.church, because our website was completely redone. And so if you go on it, you'll see it. A lot of you are on it, so you might want to make sure you're okay with what's on there. <laughs> um, but there's some great videos, some great pictures on there. So that's our website. So follow... Hey, how'd you, wow, thanks for changing the font. Did you go back to Ariel? I figured, that's what I, I got too creative. Thank you, Faith. All right, follow the instructions, amen. Yesterday, I said Friday night we had our, uh, our, our 80s nerd party, or no, I was a nerd. Not everyone was a nerd. Matter of fact, most of you looked like really cool. But uh, we had our 80s themed more than married party. Last night, I had an, the honor of hosting Heather and I hosted 32 pastors and their wives um, in, in Ann Arbor, and I, we were blessed and honored to be able to do that. Um, Tom Rupley was there, some other people that we, we actually now kind of lead them. And um, we had the honor of, of blessing um, these pastors and their, and their spouses. That was last night at a place called Weber's Inn in Ann Arbor, if you've ever been there. Um, great food. Uh, we, we just poured into their lives. We spoke into them. We, we just kind of said some things. Here's the thing. I gave everyone there the opportunity to have either a New York strip, like a 16-ounce New York strip. And you don't want to know what the bill was. Let me, we won't even go there. It's like one-third of my district budget. <laughs> or chicken parmesan, right? Now, it was like 26 people chose the, the steak. Eight chose the, the, the Parmesan, and actually I had one person who, wanted, who was a vegetarian. My point is I gave them the opportunity, right? They had the capacity to have this really good meal, and we wanted to bless them for, for serving in open Bible churches from Toledo to Midland, right? So these are all the pastors that we oversee. And so I wanted to just bless them, and I poured into them, and we said, here's this great meal, have whatever you want, and we just wanted to bless them with a lot of stuff. And it's kind of my way to honor them. And so we had, they had the capacity to choose this. Now, I didn't have anybody, thank God, last night say, Pastor Pete, I don't want that. I just, I just want crackers and water. I mean, I guess we could have given them crackers and water for a, a, a menu option, but nobody wanted to have just crackers and water when they were given the opportunity to have either a New York strip or chicken parmesan. You following me on that? How many know when you go to a restaurant and you see the menu, you don't go to a restaurant and say, you know what, I think I'll just have crackers. I mean, I guess you could just have the crackers that they bring out in those little bags and be like, I'm full, that's all I want, that's all I need, you know. And I say that because I think about the early church, and I kind of relate that to the church today, right? Um, we have the capacity, amen, to have more than just little. We have the capacity to do great things, amen? Uh, we have the capacity to, like, uh, to have, like God says, I want to give you the very best. I, I want to, and, and so we have the opportunity to, like, have, like, this great, uh, 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 momentum and this great 
um, opportunity to, to worship God. And I don't ever want to just kind of have this like saltine cracker relationship with God. Like, you know, I just want, I just want a little bit. I, I know I could have the meat and I know I could have all this good stuff, God. But I just want enough to get by. Because, I mean, you could probably survive on crackers. But that would be a miserable way to exist, wouldn't it? I mean, I want more. How many say, God, I want more than just, just what, a little bit. I don't want leftovers. I don't want, I, I, God, I want the full entree of what you have. And, and the early church, like the Macedonian church, you know, they didn't have much. But what they had, they gave within their capacity and then God increased their capacity. You know, when we see pictures from Pakistan and Trinidad, they don't have what looks like a lot. It, to a lot of people, it might look like they're kind of like crackers and water. And they might think, like, we have so much here. We have, like, we have so much blessing. How many of we do have a lot here in this nation? But a lot of times you look at these people, even though it looks like they don't have a lot, within their capacity, they have a lot of joy. They have a lot of, like, just relational uh, of freedom in that. And I think sometimes we get confused with what things look like on the outside versus the inside. And we need to ask ourselves when we, when we come into God's presence, do we bring God our limitations or, or do we bring God something more? Do you remember the woman who came to Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 4, right? She, she had this debt and, and, and she, she owed money to this gentleman and, and she said, he has come to take my two children. Literally, that is how she had to pay her debt. Like, here's my kids. I mean, some of us in this room have debt, but that would be a pretty high price to pay, right? You know, like Visa, Visa calls, and they're like, you have this debt, and you haven't paid it for a few months. We're going to take your children as payment. <laughs> there might be some really bad parents that would say, please take them. But most of us would be like, no way that would ever happen. And the mentality is like this, this, God, you can have everything. She said, I don't have anything to give but what? A jar of oil. And, and so he said, okay, go get me some jars. Now, she could have just gotten him like one or two jars or just a little bit. But basically what happened, he said, go to your neighbor's jars. Get all their jars. Get everything. Like bring the very best. Bring this this." capacity of, of, of jars for this payment. Not only did she pay off her debt, but there was enough for her sons and for her family to live on. And how many know as a church, we have to leave more than we've ever received for the next generation? Like, like if, we're, if we're just barely getting by and we're just kind of like this, this cracker mentality. I know it's weird, but it's like if we just kind of have just like a barely enough, what do we leave in the next generation? God, we need to bring you our very best. We need to make sure that the house of God is taken care of. Amen. We need to make sure that we're doing our best for missionaries so that we leave something even better for the next generation. And, and really, what are we doing if we're taking everything for ourselves? God, I, I want to I do our best to leave something for the next generation. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it was about a year ago at this time that in my prayer life, I was just like, Lord, I think I even said it from this pulpit. I said, I want to see more people saved. 
And I actually repented. I said, God, as a, as a church, as a person, as a Christian, I want to see more people saved. How many in your life said, God, I want to lead someone to Christ? Amen. If you haven't yet, I pray that that's something you would say, God, I want to pray with someone. I want to lead someone to Jesus. I want to go to heaven and be able to be like, I did, at least I, I, was, I had the opportunity to lead someone to Jesus Christ. It, this is the greatest thing as a believer when you actually say, I helped lead somebody to Jesus. And I prayed, and I said it from this pulpit about a year ago. I said, Lord, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how it's going to happen. But, Lord, I want to see more people come to Jesus. Basically, I don't want to just bring you a small jar. Lord, I want something bigger. I don't even know what that looks like. But I'm going to try to say, God, here's, a, here's the largest thing I can bring. Like, here's a request that's bigger than me. I, I, I said, Lord, I don't want to just lead a few people. God, I want to lead, I want to lead many, many people to the Lord. And, and I don't even know what that looks like, but I was just like God saying, just show me, like, bring that kind of faith where you ask God for something greater. Like, I'm asking God for not just, I'm asking you for the very best, like the best meal. God, I want the very best. I want to see more people saved. And lo and behold, little did I know that what God was arranging was this whole thing in Pakistan, Right? And God's like, okay, you've asked for this enough times, I'm going to deliver something to you. I had no idea. And as a church, I want to challenge you to ask God, God, I don't want to just bring you like, here's a small prayer request, but Lord, I'm going to ask you for something outrageous and just let God do what he wants to do. Amen? I didn't see it happening that way, but God saw it. And so, matter of fact, this week I had a pastor come up to me, a pastor that I highly respect. He was actually our speaker at camp this year. His name is George Williams. Uh, he's on my regional board. We call him Beard Boy. That's his nickname. I don't know why, but he's got like this long beard. And uh, he was speaking last night. He and Sarah, the, I asked him to share uh, last night about marriages. I said, you have to have a strong, healthy uh, marriage in ministry. I said, it's, it's hard to do ministry if your marriage is struggling. We all understand that. How many can say amen to that, right? That's important. And I say that to every one of us, that your, your family, your marriage has to be strong, and then God says, now it's time for ministry. And so that's something that we prayed about. And he came up to me actually last night, and I was telling Heather, he said, I have a word for you. And when somebody says that to me, someone that I respect, I instantly say, like, yes, Lord, what is it? Like, I'm ready for I'm ready for a larger jar. I'm ready for more, right? And he, and he said, I say, he said, the Lord has literally been speaking to me that there's going to be an apostolic anointing of ministry in your future. And I said, I receive that. And, and, and apostolic ministry is literally like Paul, God saying, I'm going to send you places. I'm going to use you, right? And I'm, I'm hoping that's okay. And I'm like, Lord, I'm ready for that. But in my flesh, I'm like kind of saying like, Lord, that's, that's like, that's kind of bigger than me. Like, am I really ready for an apostolic ministry? Like, like God said, I'm going to send you places, maybe, maybe to Pakistan, maybe other places. But I mean, I could come to God with a little jar and be like, well, here's a little expectation. But, or I have, the, I have the capacity, I have the choice, the option to say, Lord, I wanna, I'm going to get every little bit of ounce of my faith together. I'm going to bring it all to you and say, God, do something greater than anything I've ever done before. Amen? 
And as a church body, when, when, when we pray, I say, God, I would, I'm asking that you would do something greater in this church than you've ever done before. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't ever want to, I'm tired of just saying, God, here's just like a little worship. Or, or, or here's just a little, I'm just a little bit for you, God. Or, or we're just going to kind of have like crackers and water today for church. But how many know every time we come into God's presence as the body of Christ, Lord God, we want to dine with you and have like this great meal together. Amen? Because our Lord and Savior never wants to just say, well, here's just a little leftovers. How many know we serve an awesome God? who wants to give us the very best, who wants to say, I want to bless you, I want to, I want to do things for you. But, but sometimes we, we get in our own way with our limitations, with what we think God can do. And so I'm just praying over us that we can, what's the title of my sermon? Oh yeah, I got to get back to my sermon. This has nothing to do with my sermon. Not really. Follow the instructions. I need to follow my notes. Amen. How many of you in this room have ever put something together and when you were done, you're like, there's a lot of extra screws left. I just put something together. Me and Heather put some dressers, some drawers, I forget, shelves. Thanks, babe. Some shelves. I'm glad you're here. Some shelves together. And uh, it was just like exactly what I'm talking about. I decided, that I, I, I read the instructions for like the first page or two. Then I'm like, I can do it. I don't need this. And so I started making my own instructions, right, and skipping parts. <laughs> when I finish, you know how they give you, like, the, the, the package, and there's, like, the screws and the little, all the pieces, and they're all, they're all in their own little sections? I had a couple of unopened sections, and I was done. It's not like they gave me an extra screw or two. I had a whole section of stuff I didn't even use. I was like, oh, this might not, this might not turn out well, right? I mean... I decided to not follow the instructions, and I made my own path, and we will see how that turns out, but uh, to be continued on that. I want to go to a passage in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a few scriptures probably back there. Matthew chapter 7, though. You know, the more I re read about Jesus, and we always do, and this is obviously one of the greatest, this is the greatest sermon ever preached, Matthew 5, 6, 7. The more we read about Jesus, the more we realize how intentional, I love that word, he was very intentional about what he did, amen? He didn't just randomly do things, he was very intentional. Like for me, like when I come to church, I'm very intentional, I want to be intentional about like why I'm here, right? When I, when I, when I call somebody, I, I try to be very intentional before I call what the conversation is going to look like. And, and, and I try to really think things through. I've tried to learn over the years how to be intentional with how I talk to people, relate to people. Uh, Jesus is, is very intentional about what he does, and there's always this purpose. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into what? Puts them on social media. No, that, that's okay. But there's more than that. Amen? Put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Tell somebody next to you, say, I'm still standing. Amen? I don't know about that, that, that 
those shelves that I put up, if they'll still be standing in a year from now, we shall see. I didn't follow the instructions. But aren't you thankful in our life? How many of us in this room can say, there have been times I didn't follow all the instructions. But we serve a, a merciful, loving God, don't we? And we're still standing through it all. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I love that. But this passage is about ready to take a turn. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into, say it, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You know, Solomon, who's known as one of the wisest men to ever live, Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, there is a time to build, right? Uh, Haggai, the prophet, Haggai, the prophet said, you say to yourself, the time to build the Lord's house has not yet come. And he literally was basically saying this. He's telling you're saying the time has not come to build a house. He's saying what's happening is actually you're putting it off. Now, I think we've all been guilty in this room of putting things off. I actually have things right now I know in my life that I've been putting them off. I mean, there's certain things that need to get fixed around the house, right, that we've been putting off. We have yet to even put up our Christmas tree. Oh, she's like, shh. <laughs> we've been busy. We've been putting it off, right? Some of you are like, how dare they? I, I, does anybody in this room think it's crazy that people put their tree up like right after Halloween? No? Like November 1st? Can I get a witness? Amen, brother. Oh, you do? We'll pray about that later, sir. We will pray. I hope. But we tend to put things off. It's easy to do sometimes. But so what Haggai, the prophet, was talking about like building the house, he said, we need to make things a priority, right? The purpose of God should be the most important thing in our life. Amen. I mean, it should be the number one thing. We cannot put off like the word of God. I can't say like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna wait a week to read the word or, or I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wait a little bit to really start praying more. No, we can't put these things off. These have to be a priority in our life. And so, so this is what is happening in the story and this passage takes a turn here in Matthew 7. Um, but let's go back to the happy part. A happy part is verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears the, these words and puts them into practice, who follows the instructions, is like a wise man. I like that word. I want to be a wise person who built his house on the rock. Jesus is the greatest teacher of all time. He, I mean, he is the voice beyond all voices. He understood how to paint a picture you know, in, in this Sermon on the Mount here in chapter 7 of Matthew, we, 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 what we see is the conclusion to a beautiful sermon. A, a, a conclusion to a sermon that had the Beatitudes, that had the Lord's Prayer, that had amazing things in it. So we have this conclusion. Uh, you remember, when, like I said, when he started the sermon, he was saying things like, Blessed are, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, first of all, poor in spirit doesn't mean poor, like poor. It means like humble, right? Blessed are those who are humble, who are meek, 
right? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so he begins the sermon with things like that. But now Jesus is closing his sermon here in chapter 7. And, and, and I, I, I challenge you, I'm going to give you a homework assignment if you haven't done it recently. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Just do that this week. Read it two or three times. Read, I mean, this is the sermon of Jesus. This is the sermon of sermons, right? This is the greatest passage of, of a sermon that you'll ever read. And so Jesus closes the sermon that we just read, introducing a concept, right? A concept. He paints a picture for us to understand of like, we have two builders, we have two houses, uh, we have one storm, and we have two outcomes in this picture that he paints. Um, and, and we need to realize that in our lives that we are all building something. Right now in your life, you don't even know it, that God is trying to build things in your life. And, and I think it's easy for us sometimes to skip ahead and not always follow the instructions. Maybe we get ahead of ourselves and, and wanting God to do things so fast when sometimes God's like, let me do the process, amen. How many know there's, there's something about the process with God that's beautiful? When, 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 I, when I talk about, I see people in this church, I have seen many of you in this church over the, the, the two, three, four years, some of you 11 years that I've known you in this church, I, I, I've enjoyed the process of watching God build things in your life. But how many know it's a shame when you see a building that gets like halfway built and it never gets finished? I've talked about this before. There's a building on Telegraph Road ever since I've been here. Uh, it, it's, it's right when you get into Bloomfield Hills. It's on the left-hand side. There's like this whole, there's a whole bunch of buildings. And, and as long as I've lived here, they've never changed. It's like they're, somebody like halfway along the way went bankrupt or they ran out of money. It's like the buildings were begun Somebody had blueprints, somebody had like this big plan, this big dream, but along the way, something happened that stopped the building process. And how many know it's a shame in the life of a Christian if along the way, something happens in their life when they just stop growing or they stop, right, letting God build things in their life. And there's this story that, that Jesus is painting for us so clearly. It's like the foundation was built on the rock. And if you know, later in Matthew, he says what? Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. And that is the same declaration for this church and every church in this area. Amen. Lord, I pray that there will be such a foundation in our community Amen. Believers in our community, isn't it, doesn't it give you hope when you see things? Let me just share with you something that happened yesterday. And this, this is not a political statement, okay? And I don't want anyone to take it that way. This is, I'm not here to talk about anything politics, but I'm here to give you some good news. I saw a video this week, and it just blessed me to no end. It was uh, Brian and Jen Johnson, worship leaders from Bethel Church, Carrie Job, Chris Cadella, I think I said it right, from Jesus culture, and a whole bunch of worship leaders in the White House having a Holy Ghost worship service. Did anybody else see that? I hope you saw it. The news won't cover that. But I'm telling you, they were like, there was a large crowd inside the White House, and they weren't just like doing this stuff, like, mighty is our, I mean, no, can I just be real? I didn't see anybody just sitting there going like this, like, 
mighty is our God, mighty is our Lord. It was just like, mighty is our God, mighty is our Lord, amen. God, you're in control. God, I love, and, and I was just like, this is it. This is how you build, amen. I mean, today, right now, we are, God is building something in somebody's life in this moment right now. Somebody came into this church today, and I just sense God saying, somebody came in here today, and it's just like, you're, it's just like a wreck. You just feel like your life is just like a big mess. You ever seen a mess that's so messy? And don't walk up into the attic right now, please. But if you ever seen a mess that's so messy, you walk in, and you're just like, I'm walking right back out. You're like, I just can't deal with this right now. It's just so messy. If you have like OCD, like me and destiny, and I, I mean, we, I just, I, I just, I, my brain hurts. I just can't. I just can't even look at it right now, right? And I just kind of go into a happy place, like of things being organized, wishful thinking. And I think maybe there's somebody here today, you just felt like, like literally in a sense, spiritually, like your life right now is just like chaotic. And it's just loud. And you're saying, God, I just need a season of like things like going my way. How many can say amen to that? Lord, I just want a time where, where things just kind of get organized again. But how many know we live in a chaotic, loud world? But there's that small voice when we follow the instructions. Amen. How many know life is a lot easier when we follow the instructions? I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they're like, my life is a wreck. Or, and believe me, they love to share it with the world on Facebook, right? They tell everybody how bad. And, and I want to ask them, like, what, what is God telling you in the word, though? Like, not what your opinion is. What is God saying about this season of your life? Because how many know, I've learned some of my greatest lessons in life when I thought everything was all messed up. And I was able to kind of stand back and say, you know what, I kind of see, that God, you're going to work through this situation, amen, and this is going to be for our benefit, our benefit, and Jesus is painting this picture about a life being built on the rock, like following the instructions, and later in Matthew, he talks about building your life on the rock of the word of God, um, but I, let me read 24 just one more time, I want to get it soaked in, and we're going to, we're going to close here in a minute. I want to read verse 24, still in Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who, let's say it nice and loud so everyone can hear it outside these four. Everyone who what? Hears, hears the word, these words of mine. And so he's saying, everyone who hears it, we all heard it now and puts it into practice. All right? Sorry, Alan Iverson. Practice does count. <laughs> getting those I'm talking about, All right? Practice does count. We need to put things into practice. Who hears them, puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew. Things got chaotic. Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Following the instructions pays off. It's pretty foolish to think we can just do everything. No, follow the instructions. God gave us this word as his greatest love letter, this gift right here. Follow the instructions. We see those pictures of people in Pakistan, like, like literally like going like, like, like hold. Pastor John tells me, he goes, dear pastor. He calls me dear pastor. He's like, dear pastor, when people receive their Bibles, they can't stop crying. 
Dear Pastor, and, and I talk to them on a daily basis. Dear Pastor, when, tell your church, when they get those Bibles, it changes their life. Dear Pastor, and I'm like, they get it. I mean, like the rest of the world might look at their society as kind of like, like crackers and water. Like they don't have much. But how many know they have everything? They have, a, they have the better than a steak dinner when they hold this. Like, like there are people probably in America who go to church every week who, who still don't follow the instructions. And we've been given the opportunity to choose. Like, like we have this great menu, this great buffet that we can choose from. But yet some people settle for like nothing. And Lord, Lord, I want more, amen. How many of this, God, I want more. I, like I wasn't satisfied with leading one or two people to Christ a year. I was like, God, I, 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm hungry. I, I can't even stress to you enough times how many times I wore my wife's ears out. I mean, like they were probably like bleeding for me, like complaining about, like, yes. I'm like, and she knows it. It's my, if you're married to a pastor, that's what happens. I'm like, babe, I just, I'm so desperate to see people come to the altar and get saved. I'm so hungry to see people filled with, amen. How many in this room know that you feel that? I want to see lives transformed. I want to see people who've been making the same mistakes finally figure things out. Amen? Lord, and, and, and this is like in my own life, like in me too, God. I'm like, Lord, I just want more. I'm tired of bringing like a little jar. And like, Lord, here's the, Lord, I want to bring you the biggest jar and be like, fill it up. Fill it up. And so... It all begins with following the instructions and building our life. You know, it's, you know, I like to say, it's not enough to highlight your Bible if there's no change. Right? It's not enough just to, like, post cool things or to have a Christian T-shirt or to wear, like, if, there's, if we're not putting it into practice. I mean, it doesn't really matter if we say that we should love people and then we go out and we show a lot of hate. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We can say all day and all night, like, God is love. And then we go out and we demonstrate that God isn't love with our actions. I mean, we need to put into practice what we preach. Like it's no, it doesn't matter if I'm up here. This, this doesn't mean anything. Like this doesn't put me in some like special place or category like above anyone. It doesn't. God has just given me this opportunity, amen, because he's gracious. He's given me an opportunity. So it doesn't matter. If I say all these things and I go out into the world and I just yell at people and I curse at people and I show a lot of anger, or hate, how many know, then, then it's really, it doesn't do anything. I'm just like a, a loud clanging cymbal. But how many know, if we follow the instructions and God's word begins to give me like instructions for life and I begin to build my life on these things. Oh, this is what you say about being a husband. This is good, right? And all the ladies said, amen. And this is what you say about being a father. Do not provoke your children. Okay, God, I will not provoke my children. Amen? Come on. And we, we begin to learn, oh, this is what God says about fasting and about praying and, and giving. And if we follow the instructions, we will find that life is still difficult. Life will still give you a lot of stuff that you don't want to do. I mean, you'll still open up your mail one day and be like, uh-oh, ever get in the mailbox and you see, even before you get to that letter, you recognize the envelope. And you're like, oh man, I don't even want to open that letter. It's just going to change my whole day. Yeah, I had one of those this week. Like one of our insurance premiums just went, right? And I was just like, I could allow that to affect everything in my life or I could just say, God, I'm just going to trust in you. 
and make some phone calls. <laughs> Amen. God's also given us wisdom. I'm going to give you two quick things. I got five minutes to do this, and they will be quick. So if you're taking notes, be ready. Number one, number one is build beneath, I hope I put it right, build beneath the surface. Amen. Say it with me. Build beneath the surface. We live in a culture where it's very easy to portray a certain persona, right? We live in a culture where it's very easy to, people invest more time in in the outward than sometimes uh, the inward. So we need to learn to build beneath the the, the surface. You know, you see news footage from a hurricane. And a hurricane or a tornado, they don't care how much that house costs. They're not, it doesn't matter. They don't like avoid, oh, that house is nicer. They have a new roof. No, how many, the storm doesn't care what the house looks like. The storm's going to hit where the storm wants to hit. Amen. But the houses that have a strong foundation are the ones that take the less, least amount of damage. And how many know life doesn't pick and choose who gets to go through a storm or not? Storms hit everybody. Storms will hit everybody in this room. Unfortunately, we'll go through things. But listen, if there is a foundation in your life, right, if things have been built beneath the surface, praise God when those storms come, I am not going to get mad at God. I am not going to say, God, I just am mad at you. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done believing in you. No, even when the storm hits, I'm still going to say, I'm going to worship you in the storm as we sing those songs on the radio. I'm going to praise you in the storm, even when the storm hits. Because, guys, you've built something beneath the surface. Beneath the surface. And number two, digging comes before building. Basically, excavation happens first. This church that we are sitting in here today, there was a ton of excavating that happened before this church could be built. Some of you in this room are probably a part of that process. You remember, there was a lot of dirt that was moved and a lot of dirt that was pushed. And there were a lot of streams. We are sitting, uh, uh, right now there are like little streams below this church everywhere. There was a lot of, of digging that happened. A lot of dirt had to be pushed out before something could be built up. And, I, and, I, and what, I'm want, what I want to say here today is for in our lives, like, there's some things that, there's some dirt in our lives that God is saying, I need to push those things out before I can build things up in your life. Like, like I, I pray, God, would you do this thing in my life? And he's like, yes, I would do that. But first there's going to be a season, a process of pushing some things out. And how many know sometimes it's a little painful to have things pushed out of our life? Some things that we think are precious aren't so great. And so there's, there's digging that comes before building. I'm going to read these verses. Would you stand with me? And I have, I have the worship team. I made sure I kept my word. I said five minutes. It's been four. Hallelujah. There's a big clock right there. It reminds me. But the gospel of Luke, it's the same teaching, okay, but from a different perspective. Luke, the physician, verse 46 it says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Like, why do you call me Jesus, my Savior, but don't follow the instructions? 
As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, that's what we have today. Okay, church, we have an opportunity. When you walk out this building, that's what I want to leave you with. I have an opportunity all week to practice what I know God wants me to know. I want to put things into practice, like today. How about, let's say, the moment we walk out into that foyer, I pray that our conversation would carry throughout the day, right? It would be things that we can put into practice that are like things that bring life. Amen? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts those into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep. Right, digging becomes comes before building. This the 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 not just the surface level, but the deep stuff. Laid the foundation on rock, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. See, I believe that at what God is uprooting in our lives, there has to be a, a time of uprooting some things. Because to make room for the foundation, there has to be uprooting. It's like you cannot have a mixture of like sin. And we just can't. How many know? It's like I can't just have this mixture of like intentionally living in sin and wanting God to build something new in my life. Uh, Lord, I pray that there would be a time for us right now and throughout this day to put into practice the things that we know, these foundational things. But Lord, for us to grow, to have you build things in our life, there has to be an uprooting of the stuff that we don't need. I pray that we would learn to follow the instructions. It's such a simple gospel message, but it's so important. It carries so much weight. See, God will always dig before he builds. He'll dig and dig and dig until he can get it all of it out. And then he's like, now I can build a foundation. And it, it's, it's through a lifetime. And how many know, as you walk with God, you'll find that there, there's a, 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 it never stops. Like, you don't hit a point in your life, you're like, okay, God, that's it. Everything out, everything, every bad thought, every bad thing, every bad habit, it's all gone. How many know it's just a constant digging? And it's like, it's a constant reading of the word. Maybe you've read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 50 times, but guess what? You're gonna read it this week and say, that was new, that was, that was fresh. It was something different at this place of my life right now, it's different. Like for me at 47 with most of my kids growing up, things are different than when I was 25 and I had little kids running around the house, right? I have a different perspective. And so would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we close in prayer? And I'm asking right now, Holy Spirit, would you show us in our life things that need to be dug out. And, and maybe we've only brought you, like we've had this opportunity to, to have this full menu, this full dinner, this full relationship with you. Maybe, Lord, it's just our response to worship or maybe it's our time in prayer in Bible study. 
Maybe we're just kind of having this like this small mentality, this cracker and just this, Lord, just this small. Lord, I want to see bigger things. I want to bring you like the very biggest jar and say, would you just fill this up right now? Lord, I have a lot of family members or I, I have a, a situation at job. Maybe it's your health or, or a relationship. Like, Lord, this, this is like chaos or it's, it's, it's messy. But you, you say, God, I, I'm just bringing this to you. And, and I'm giving it, literally like giving it to God. There's a freedom that comes in that right there. When you just say, Lord, I, I just, I give this to you. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop like uh, uh, complaining about it. And Lord, I'm just going to say, I'm moving on and I'm giving you this, this situation right now. And, and I'm asking as I give this to you, God, that you would build a foundation, uh, 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 a permanent foundation. And maybe in this room, there's somebody in this room, like your foundation has some cracks in it. And some things that you've allowed back in your life. Right now, would you just ask God, would you fill those cracks? Would you take away those desires? Would you guide me through life, Lord God, when I'm tempted by sin? Lord, would you just show me like something bigger and something greater that I have to, I'm living for. I'm not living just for myself. I'm not living just for fun. I am living for a greater purpose. God, that you organize, you clean up the mess. You, But Lord, we have to do our part in following these instructions. I pray now we will put into practice, God, that we will be the church. Father, I pray for, for us this week to show love, to, to extend grace, to walk in humility and be the church. Follow the instructions. As we are in a season of giving and a season of celebration, Lord, I pray that every time that we come together as a body of Christ, God, that we will have like a celebration of you and a heart of giving and a heart of response. I pray a blessing now for every single person. God, I thank you that we could come here today. I thank you that we could enjoy each other and our fellowship and the fun and everything that goes along with it. But God, now when we walk out these doors, there is a great mission field. There is a great harvest. There are people that, that need to know that God loves them, that God cares. Lord, I pray now that we, Lord God, would be your ambassadors. Father God, that we would, we would be guided by the word of God. We would follow these instructions and build our lives build our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray this. I speak this over each person. Amen and amen. Amen. God, we praise you. We love you. We worship you. We celebrate you, God.
for giving us everything that we need. Let's now put it into practice. Let's now put it into practice wherever we go. In Jesus' name, love one another. Blessings. Remember, there's that cookies war, cookie wars. Stop by. If you have a moment, just stop by. All you have to do is buy cookies, really. Taste a few, buy a few. Vote for something. Have a great day. The Lord bless you. Remember, Saturday is our Christmas program. Come early. Be ready for that. God bless. Have a great day.